Welcome back to the Town to Learning Show podcast series, episode 53 with independent learning tech analyst, John Lay. Today, I interview Blake Proberts, managing director and founder of the Acorn LMS, the fastest growing LMS in Australia about the state of LMS and e-learning down under. You can find more of our fiercely independent content at talentedlearning.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the Town to Learning Show podcast. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Today is no different. From the vendor expert side, my guest is blazing his own path through the Australian Outback and the greater Asia Pack area landing and forever maintaining LMS clients big and small. Do Australians utilize the LMS? What type of companies, industries are leading the way? What are the biggest challenges? What about content and technology? Well, we're going to find out from an expert. Blake, welcome to the Talent to Learning Show. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, John, for, uh, for, for having me on and, and taking the time to have a bit of a chat. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. And the reason being is, uh, you know, talented learning, we get, you know, a significant amount of traffic coming from uh, Asia Pack and Australia in general. But we haven't really met anybody until yourselves that's from there, that has grown up there, has grown a company from nothing there, and has attacked the learning space really by putting your ear to the ground and, and listening to your customers and kind of almost building uh, in a vacuum based on uh, your market. All your competition is coming from somewhere else that's trying to penetrate into that market. And I thought for a long time, this would be a great podcast interview to just dig into the Australian market, learn about uh, your solution, but learn about the market in general, the challenges, the, uh, the solutions in there, the type of industries and and let's dig in deep and let's let's learn about what's going on down under. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, you're kind of like uh, Australia's uh, almost Bill Gates uh, with, a, <laughs> with a, uh, a a unique personal story, uh, starting with college. Why don't you tell us uh, about who you are and uh, a little bit about your story of how you founded uh, Pursuit Technologies and the Acorn LMS? And uh, let's start there, and we'll start to begin. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So. Uh, how do we start? Um, well, basically, my myself and my best mate from uh, from high school, so we've known each other since we're about twelve or so. Uh, we essentially took an opportunity to build some websites really early on when we were at university, and we sort of poking around. Uh, I actually ran a pub, and, and I was plugging in that audio visual equipment for a fella, and he said, "You're pretty good at that. Can you build me a website?" And I was like, "Well, this is completely unrelated, but yeah, absolutely, I'll give it a crack." Um, and so we, we, we ended up doing that and then started actually building a few different uh, websites just for family and friends at the start and, and sort of ended up having a, a bit of a little business building websites and mobile apps and things like that. Um, and, and from that sort of we looked around and weren't really getting what we wanted out of university. Um, and at the time, what we wanted from uni was a job. So um, we sort of thought, hey, we're doing this already. Like, why are we paying a lot of money to learn how to do this when we're kind of doing this? And, and so I ended up dropping out at, of, of university and um, we, we continued to sort of build those apps and, and websites until one day we, we had a, a public servant in Canberra um, uh, engage us to, to build, build an app. And, and he sort of said, hey, you guys are pretty, pretty good at this stuff. Have you, have you ever thought about learning management systems? And, and we were sort of like, yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we know plenty about those and, and uh, we're more than happy to, to have a crack at this. And he sort of was like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Um, look, there's a, there's a few tenders coming out. Maybe you guys should put in for one. And so we did and we ended up putting in for a tender. Um, I believe that first one was the New South Wales Police Force here. Um, so New South Wales is a state. Uh, and 
essentially what what happened was we uh, we we won, <laughs> and then we we had to build a system. So we ended up having a look around at at the market, and and we sort of thought, hey, these are pretty lackluster. Um, and and don't get me wrong, the market's very different now. There are some fantastic. <laughs> Tell the truth, there. Blake. Tell the truth. Yeah. That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there, look, there just there wasn't. There just wasn't, and they were archaic. And um, my, my sort of my my favorite saying for this is it was it, it's like the land that time forgot. Uh, and it was it was weird. You had you sort of started to get UX and UI be nice, and LMSs were were just not not very nice to use. So we ended up uh, sort of putting one together that probably didn't have all the functionality and, and everything that other systems had, but. It was really easy to use um, and we really cared. So when people called, we, it was literally us. We would pick up the phone and we would go, yeah, what's the problem? We'll fix it. Um, and, and that ethos sort of has stayed with us. So we're, we're about eight years old now, give or take. Um, and since that first that first client came on board, within 12 months, we were servicing about 36 government agencies um, here, federal agencies. And we ended up uh, keeping all of those. And we have 100% client retention, 100% um, client satisfaction, uh, a 15 minute average response time at the moment to our support desk. Um, and that's sort of that's sort of how we how we grew. So we just grew very organically um, until probably the last couple of years, give or take, where we we, we started to look at, you know, re-engineering the system, really started to build outside of that vacuum, like you mentioned earlier, um, and sort of poke our heads around. But we've we've really grown our system from asking our clients, like, hey, what do you guys want? What do you need? Looking at their problems, working out, is that is that a is that just a symptom or is that the actual problem? Um, and then starting to build features and functionality to sort of diagnose and solve those and, and have sort of grown to where we are today. So we've got about, give or take, we do about a million users last year. So um, mm -hmm. that's that's where we're seeing a little, little bit over. So yeah, it's come it's come a long way. Um, <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, battle scars and, and, and tissue uh, from, from that. But uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're really, um, uh, really proud of where we've, where we've come from. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's a, that's a great start. You mentioned a lot about uh, federal agencies uh, or agencies in general and uh, the state of there. Let's come back to that in just a moment if we have time and, and uh, look at the, the corporate side where we spent a lot of time here at, at Talented Learning focusing on the, the corporate side of the market. What was the state of the corporate market, I guess, a few years ago before the pandemic and now? Tell us, like, do all, for example, do all companies have learning management systems? Are companies buying their first learning? Are you still trying to, you know, build the business case? Like, where where are you as a, you know, inside of the the, the corporations there in terms of the acceptance and adoption of, of learning management technologies? Yeah, I think over probably the past five years, it's it's ramped up quite a lot. Um, I think that uh, it, it used to be quite common for them to not have any system when we would get engaged by someone and sort of be like, hey, we don't have anything and, and we're sort of uh, looking for something. But the pandemic really escalated that. So if, if someone didn't have a system, uh, they probably started to look because, to be honest, and, and sadly, the compliance training often drives that. Um, and essentially, they've gone, okay, well, everybody's remote, but we still need to do this compliance. Um, how can we sort of escalate that or or, or make that happen um, remotely from, from the pandemic? Um, However, that being said, I think it also made people really look at their tech stack and go, okay, we're trying to deliver to a remote workforce now more than ever. Uh, and in order to be able to do that, we actually need like pretty pretty good technology and and, and we want our, our people to have a really good experience, whether that be onboarding, professional development, compliance, whatever it might be. 
Um, and, and I think that's really escalated things over here uh, and, and people have stopped sort of taking, you know, those systems for granted or, or sort of going, okay, we're going to do some general compliance and that's what we're going to use LMS for. And it's sort of turned into much more of an employee value proposition. And I think as the rate of change has increased, organizations are starting to say, hey, we actually really need to train our people. Um, and, you know, it, it, with, with such a high rate of change, all the stuff that they knew last year, it's, it's changing rapidly now. So as opposed to, to transforming, I think organizations are starting to sort of realize, hey, we just need to stay current um, and we need to be a bit better at staying current uh, and making sure that all of the things that we need to accomplish and achieve, um, uh, we don't let get too far behind so that we need to come and bring everybody up to, up to a sort of standard. So I think that the market has, it, it's evolved a lot and it's changed quite a lot because of the pandemic. Um, but I think it just accelerated what was going to happen anyway, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that everywhere, everywhere mm -hmm. across the world, it, it, it probably had that, that, that same trend. So what about, you know, what about from a use case on uh, the, the corporate side or the, the commercial side? Is the, the focus right now uh, employee solutions? So developing your employees, like you, you've talked about, is there interest in, uh, developing or, or I guess activity in uh, customer education, for example, or training people outside of uh, your walls, but still part of your extended enterprise. What's the, the current state of that? And is that changing in your opinion? I think customer training is exploding, uh, to be completely honest. I think, I think reaching outside of the organization and training um, other stakeholders uh, is, is something that wasn't really at the forefront, but now is very, very quickly becoming the forefront. Um, I think that employee training is, is obviously critical, really important, and, and organizations are, are doing it. But I think that what they've realized is, hey, if we spend a few, uh, a few hours training some of our customers, um, we actually don't need to do all these other things. And the ROI there is very, it's very easy to calculate and it's very transparent. Um, and, and so the argument can be, can be made very easily internally to, to do that. Um, I think that, that that explosion is is led by, you know, the great resignation. It's so hard to get staff at the moment. And so, you know, you don't, you don't want to spend as much time supporting and doing all these other things if we can train our clients to really understand our products and our systems and, and services. Um, uh, a, I think the market's moving towards a self-service. People just kind of want to do it themselves now. Like, you know, they yeah. didn't always want, want to do that back in, back in the day. Um, but now they want to self-service and more importantly, I think the organization really wants them to self-service uh, as much as possible. So I think that, that that area, we've just seen like absolute explosion of growth. Like we're working with a, um, like a drone company to map mines and things like that and train people how to use their drones. And, and we sort of spoke to them a while ago and said, hey, is this... You know, you guys have been around for a while. Well, why is this so new? And they were like, "Well, um, you know, we actually we we've realized with COVID and all these other things, we can't send an instructor out to train you how to use this, you know, to twenty thirty thousand dollar drone that we've got to fly around a mine. So we've got to build these remote solutions. And then they did it, and they were like, "Oh, we don't have to fly trainers around. This is awesome. Let's do more of this." You know, and, <laughs> and so they've started to sort of build on that. So we're starting to see it in industries outside of software um, a, a lot more. I think. Um, whereas employee training, I, I believe at the moment, it's it's much more around, you know, retention, keeping your staff because it's so competitive in the market, um, but also giving them like clear growth and career pathways mm -hmm. to sort of, you know, incentivize them to stay. People generally don't want to just sit there and 
and, and spin like a cog in a machine. They, they want to grow and they want to learn new things and experience new things. So I think that's the sort of tack that's starting to take. Um, but the rate, the rate of uptake of customer training is just like, it, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> wow. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that's great to hear because, of course, you know, we, we care a lot about that. Uh, over here is that's uh, the, the fastest uh, the fastest growing segment in uh, the United States marketplace also is is customer yeah, trading so it's it's neat to see that market you know what you know what I didn't realize is uh because that's I, I am an American I think uh, you know think inside all the time but I didn't realize that great resignation uh, applied all over the world that that, that was uh, the same over in Australia and that you're dealing with that same shortage of of workers that's a inter interesting business parallel uh yeah because... we have the hardest labor market we've had in 50 years so wow. it's Australia so I think our unemployment rate is like it's it's sort of below sort of three percent which is that it's like it's too good it's, there's no it's people too good. to do anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's too good well whenever it's too good it's great for our industry because uh you know when it's about re retaining and growing folks you know then it's it's really when our when our industry uh shines what about from a a, a content perspective so I would think that well, maybe we'll take another step there. How, how about just bandwidth in general? What's the state of bandwidth and, and mobile and the implications of learning and online learning content uh, there? Tell, tell, us, tell us what's going on, what the challenges are, if there are some. Yeah, I think the main thing with online learning uh, and the challenges that, that, that sort of crop up is it becomes very hard to apply context to things because you're completely removed from the situation. So, um, in terms of the bandwidth and how much time people have, I think that's always going to just be a bit of a struggle. And I think we need to do a better job of a showing people the value of, of doing this training and, and making the training good. Like if the training's bad, which it, it can be, and we're seeing plenty of terrible training, people don't want to do it. So so bandwidth is a really easy reason to give as to why you can't complete something. Um, if the training's really good, I, I think the next problem is, is sort of like the context and we're going to take you out of this environment. We're going to make you do training online or something like that. And if you work in in a in a factory or in a mine or something like that, it's it's really noisy. <laughs> it's really different, and and there's there's all sorts of things happening. So I think it becomes very difficult to to put the right context into play um, when people are conducting that that training remotely. I think that becomes quite quite challenging and difficult. Um, I think in terms of the overall sort of workforce and and, and bandwidth. I think the training and giving good opportunities is becoming more or less expected and that people will complete them if 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 the value proposition is there. Uh, they'll actually seek them out, I, I think. And and we're, we're, we're sort of big believers in, okay, like we've got all of this training, but we want to actually show you the impact of doing these things and why you want to do these things. And, and, you know, if you've got a bit of a career pathway that you want to achieve, here are some things that might help you do it. Um, and then we want you to learn you decide when to learn and how to learn um, as opposed to the organization sort of sort of pushing that on onto you. So I think those two things probably, um, yeah, are, are, are my, my answer to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And how about uh, from uh, from a technology bandwidth, the, the other half of the bandwidth question, is is uh, internet bandwidth a challenge uh, currently in, in Australia or no? And delivering yeah. to mobile solutions or is that something you have to worry about? Yeah, sometimes it is. Um, so we, Australia is massive, right? So it's the size of the states with 20, 22 million people. So um, there's a lot of really remote areas and mm. they can be very hard to deliver to. And it's, it's what we've found is it's not so much even the bandwidth per se. 
not that it's great to be completely honest um, <laughs> it's, the, it's the stability of the connection in a remote area um, and and that that intermittent uh, uh, dropping in and out of a connection even if it's small enough that when you watch a video you wouldn't notice um, with learning, it can be very tricky because if you progress or you submit answers to something like, let's say you're doing a quiz and you submit an answer and, and that bandwidth has dropped out, that can cause like tremendous issues with, with most like SCORM content or like e-learning um, style content. So, so it, can, it can be a challenge. Um, and to get around that, you sort of want to provide an option for the user to download that to a local device uh, while they're on a stable connection or something like that so they can complete that content um, uh, without necessarily needing to rely on that connection in real time. In our major metropolitan areas, uh, internet's it's, it's, it's pretty good. You know, uh, it's, it's funny, our 5G in Canberra is better than our broadband. So I get like 500 megabytes down on my phone uh, through nothing, uh, which is blew my <laughs> mind when it happened. Um, but our, our, our sort of normal bandwidth would, would sort of cap out at probably like 80 or 100. So it, it, enough and, and stable enough to be quick enough for, for most users. Uh, but in the remote areas, yeah, really tricky. And we've got to put solutions in place to, to sort of allow them to be able to consume that content um, for, from a localized device as opposed to pulling it down from the cloud in real time because it can just have mm -hmm. issues. How do you do that? Do you do that through a mobile app or is it just right through the LMS to be able to download that file? Yeah, mobile app is generally the best way just because they can, um, uh, we can give them files to download through the LMS, but if we're, if we're trying to track like engagement completion statistics, things like that, we really mm -hmm. need that to, to run locally on a device. Um, so as an example, uh, the, the best use case I could probably say for this is, is completely different. Um, uh, people in like the Navy, go on submarines and boats and there's nothing out there. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing out there. And so they actually download that training onto a device, go offline and go and complete it. Um, and the same is true for the sort of really rural rural workers, which we can have a lot of, you know, um, out here. So even though they are remote, it's not like there's not many of them, there's, there's a lot. Um, and, and so we, we found a mobile app where you can download the course, um, complete that course, in your own time, uh, regardless of connectivity. And then when you get back to a stable internet sort of connection or region, it can take its time to upload and, and having an internet connection or a slow connection is not going to affect your, your mm -hmm. overall experience. Interesting. So there's there's one thing about doing business uh, in, in your part of the world uh, that, that's different is uh, there's certainly solutions that can download uh, content, but they're really in the minority. It's it's really a yeah. mobile responsive only uh, approach here, which works great in, in most of the US and certainly in metropolitan areas, but it doesn't work um, certainly in any remote areas or down yeah. underneath the, the ocean. Uh, yeah, uh, for, yeah, that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for, for that, what is the, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, create customers creating their own content in 2022? Um, you know, their own proprietary learning versus off-the-shelf learning. Uh, what, what, what's the trends that you're seeing in Australia? Yeah, so so we we, we probably find a little bit of a combination of the two for, for the majority of our clients. Um, so normally what we will see is you can probably get maybe 80, 90%, depending on what you do, uh, of the way there with all of your normal business areas and whatnot, uh, with your, you know, your go ones and your LinkedIn learnings and, and your big off-the-shelf uh, providers and, and your small off-the-shelf providers too, um, don't get me wrong. But 
you can get along with that. However, there's generally like a little bit of a gap and where we see that gap again is in the contextualization. So, you know, if we're going to onboard you to our organization, um, we want you to know a lot about like our values and how we work and, and the little things that sort of might make a little bit of a difference for you uh, during during your, your journey at, at, at the workplace. Um, so so we, we, we sort of see a combination of the two. Um, and in particular, if somebody has something quite unique, so if they're, if they're building something or, or developing something that's completely different to, um, you know, the rest of the world, there's probably no content out there for them. So it, what we see is it's about getting those subject matter experts in the room um, with somebody who can help them formulate that content and, and maybe tell a bit of a story around how they build and develop those things um, and, and then create that and supplement it a little bit with, you know, Excel as an example. So I was talking to the guys at Go One the other day. Their number one search term every year for, since their inception has been Excel training. Um, there's a lot of Excel training out there. You probably don't want to build Excel training. You don't need to give crazy context because you're in Excel. It is what it is. Sure. Um, so, so I think off the shelf is really good for those things. But as soon as you got to start to contextualize things, or or there's a risk of things being uh, a little bit a little bit boring. Might I add, uh, like cybersecurity training can often be. A little bit boring but it's so important um and i think it's it's good to maybe contextualize that to say hey that you know these things have happened and, and this is this is why there might be a, a concern or an issue here um so yeah we, we probably find like a combination is is where most people are, are landing at the moment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and tools like we're using right now zoom or uh, uh teams or you know webex what are, what are the most popular ones uh, being used and integrated right now with your clients yeah, easily Teams, like I can say that without skipping a beat. So <laughs> Microsoft yeah. Teams is by far the, the most used tool that we see um, uh, in, the, in the video conferencing space. I think that it started to sort of cannibalize and eat a lot of the other tools like WebEx. Um, Zoom, Zoom, we probably see a lot more uh, in, in corporate and private, but I would, I'd say Teams probably still dominates. And I think honestly, that's solely just because a, it's, it's a, it is a good product. It works really well. It has a lot of integrations. But it also comes with the Microsoft suite. So you end up kind of not wanting to double up on having other technology stacks because most people have the Microsoft suite for Word and Office and all these other things. Um, so it becomes a little bit easier just to go, oh, well, we already got Teams. Let's just, you know, pop Let's it on. Just use that. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I would say in, in the software space, uh, Slack just absolutely smashes it. So um, <laughs> we see so much, so much. Uh, work done on Slack and, and companies working with Slack in the in the IT and software sector. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Give us a use case of using Slack with the LMS. Yeah, so uh, let's say uh, we've, you've, you've registered on a wait list and you want to know when somebody uh, drops off a course so that you can take it as a place on that. Slack can just ping you and say, hey, look, a place has popped up on this course that you're registered on. Do you want to just jump in and see if it works for you, if it doesn't work for you? Um, but also things like uh, any any compliance training, really, really good for, hey, you've got three months, here's a list of courses. Then in another month, hey, just let me know, you know, this is creeping up on you. So it's, so it's sort of putting it much more in the flow of work as opposed to the user having to go and seek that. Or, you know, people just... We get enough emails um, yeah. and, and whatnot, so it's, it's kind of nice to get pinged in, a, in maybe a slightly different way. Um, I think you, you get a little bit of a higher engagement. Um, or, you know, if, if we really know what you do and, and what you're learning about and, and what you want to learn and there's new content, uh, we might 
put a, put a digest together at the start of the month and say, hey, here are all the things you're interested in. Here's all of the new content that not only we have in the LMS and your organizations put together, but also it's these other third-party providers put together as well that you have access to. And we can maybe give you some, some inspiration of, of some things that you might want to um, jump on and consume. Wow, cool, cool. And uh, is that work... Uh, uh... Does that work administratively then? So, you know, from within your platform, then you set up all the, the if-then rules to to populate the, the team push messages or the, the Zoom push messages? Is that how you would do that? Or yeah, so, yeah, so essentially when you, you're configuring, like if it's notifications, when you're configuring those notifications, I'll just link into something like Teams and you'll be able to choose when and how and what they say and all those kinds of things. Um, and then if it's sort of like a, a one-off push or, or, a, or a broadcast kind of message, uh, that would be exactly that, a one-off push in the LMS that would then broadcast out. Um, and then in terms of digest and whatnot, absolutely something you can figure. So generally mm -hmm. these are things that work with an organization to sort of configure and get right because once they're done, they're sort of in place and 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 maybe we'll, we'll tweak them and, and whatnot over time. But um, once once we get those rules in place, they can be a little bit a little bit of time to set up. But once they're set up, they're really really impactful. Yeah, neat, neat. That's something uh, it sounds you're further along on, and we certainly see some teams and and Zoom uh, integration, but uh, I haven't seen great use cases. So it's it looks like it's still uh, in the early stage. So it sounds like you're you're leading some path there. We're we're almost out of time, and it always goes like this because these interviews are so quick. So <laughs> how about some uh, rapid fire? Uh, Preference between uh, like uh, SaaS or on premise premise in, in oh, Australia is definitely SaaS. No, yeah, no chance. Yeah. Okay, let's just do the security conscious SaaS. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, particular, any uh, special security uh, or certifications or or things uh, that you require from a technical or infrastructure standpoint to deploy solutions on Australia? Is is there unique yeah. standards that you have? Yeah, absolutely. So in government, IRAP is our, our sort of our gold standard. Um, that's based off like the US Fed ramp. Um, outside of that, then you'd move to more international standards. So like your ISO 2700s um, and your SOC 1 and 2. Yeah. All right, cool. And what do you think is on the horizon? This doesn't have to be rapid. What do you think is on the, the horizon uh, for the, the what's next in Australia? Like, where do you think this is going, uh, you know, three years from now, I guess, not to pick too far out. Yeah, I, so we we hear a lot about mapping your training to capability, and, and that's that's where we're sort of spending quite a lot of time. So essentially, you know, baselining the organisation, we we think that's a, a good place for a baseline of skills and capability to live is within the LMS. So we want to we want to baseline our organisation and, and work out what the capabilities are, and then we want to map those training opportunities to those um, to those strategically impactful capabilities from a business perspective. So we sort of see L&D going towards an area where um, you take the business strategy and that is your learning strategy, really. It's, it's we need people that can do these things. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's where we think it's going. Um, you know, not Nostradamus. And, and my, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you we back in a couple of years here. We'll, 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 <laughs> yeah. we'll test you. I, I, think that, I think you're right, though, because uh, it's really the flip side of the a solution to the great resignation so by you know aligning this with with companies that allows these employees to grow through those paths like you were talking about in a way that's strategic to the organization so it's kind of like bringing all the stories together as a as a way to close that gap uh, in yeah, my opinion absolutely. so that's pretty cool and i, I think that's a, a global trend also uh, that we see all right final question if you are in australia right now and you're in the process of uh, thinking about your your first learning management system 
what's your best advice for an organization like that that still hasn't uh, made the leap or maybe they maybe they bought something on the the international market that's not quite meeting it and they're ready to, to get into their second. Do you have any advice? You know, you see clients like that all the time. What's, what's your best advice to help somebody out like that? Yeah, I think I think the number one thing is really think about the support that you're going to get if it's your first LMS or, or the organization is an experience with, with one because that that's really going to make or break your product. Um, like our, our product, I, I think is great, but I know that if 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 it's not supported correctly, um, it can easily be terrible. <laughs> um, and I think that's across the board um, with these products um, if you don't have a lot of experience. So, so really think about the team that you're working with, um, how much time they're going to spend with you, and is that going to be something that is an upfront thing that then disappears, or is this an ongoing sort of relationship um, with, with that sort of vendor? And I, I would pick something that you can grow into because changing systems is horrible uh, and, and no one likes doing it, right? So so I think um, I think pick a system that has probably more than you need, but you know you're going to use those things later um, or the direction of the system is the same as you, your organization because I think that um, once once you, you get into a system, sometimes it can be very tricky to, to get out of them. Well, uh, Sage Advice, uh, Blake Proverts, Managing Director and Founder of acorn lms you know i also concur you know about that what, what time is it local for you right now in canberra 7 34 a.m and it's 5 33 p.m here in eastern uh, pennsylvania and so th there's a you know just an education if you're you know you're you're in australia and you're buying a system uh, you know that team that support the hours of support you know how you're going to be able to uh, certainly, you know, work within your own time zone is important because it's, you know, all but a 12 hour, in a lot of cases, a 12 hour a turnaround to other parts of the world. So uh, that's a, a hidden gem, really, that I think uh, people forget in lieu of fancy technology. So uh, good advice there. So, uh, Blake, that was great uh, having you on today. I learned a ton of stuff uh, that I didn't know and I had never had a chance to ask you before. So uh, it was uh, enlightening to me. I'm sure our audience here learned a lot, too, about uh, the state of the, the global learning market and how it's the same and different uh, in Australia. And so uh, thank you very much for uh, joining me today. It was a pleasure to have you and I hope to have you back on the show soon uh, and, and get your updates both from a personal and business standpoint, but also from a, a market standpoint. So thank you. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much for your time and, and taking the time late afternoon for you to, uh, to have a bit of a chat. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, it was worth it. It was worth it. Uh, listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Towns of Learning podcast series. We hope to see you on the next and you can find more of our independent resources, fiercely independent resources at talentedlearning.com. Have a great day, everyone.